You know me, I like to self-scout thyself, and within doing that, I was wrong, uh, and I just want everybody out there to know. If you take that much time to explain every time you're wrong, our show is going to consist of you constantly talking about all the things you were wrong. You know what? Screw you, Floria. I think that's the first time I've been wrong in, in weeks. I'm never wrong, except when it comes to picking games, okay, and best bets. Uh, yes, uh, this asshole you see on the left of your screen, Mike Florio, is beating me. All right, let's get right to it. Michael, how are you? I haven't talked to you in an hour. You miss me? You okay? That was a quick turnaround by the folks in the back. That was an exchange that we had at some point late in PFT Live on Thursday morning when yeah. you apologized publicly to Matt Nagy and Mitchell Trubisky for doubting the legitimacy of the phony hip injury yep. that was used as a pretext to get him off the field on Sunday night. So apparently he did have a hip injury, but uh, I still am skeptical about whether or not that was the main yes. reason or one of the main reasons for him being yanked. I think that's fair. And they were going to open up with your dog barking in the background. I told her to shut up, but I don't know. I like that one better. But either way, that doesn't matter. All right, here we go. Last week, just straight up, all right? You were 10-4. and four, I was 12-2. and two. For the season, you got a five-game lead on me straight up. All right, there we go. You know that's a very important one to be, uh, for me. I want to beat you in straight up weekly, yearly. Um, I, I feel like I'm, I'm going to do that this week. I'm going to gain ground. I just feel like you're going to be. How do you know? You have no idea what my uh, picks are. I just I can feel have the exact same the picks as you. Talking, I think you got a lot of idiot picks coming along. So I don't know. I'm just going to throw You can shove it straight <laughs> up your ass. <laughs> All right. Best bets. Florio, you did a great job. Cowboys, Kansas City, you got it last week. You went 2-1 and one with your best bets. I went 0-3. That really hurt me. It uh, drives me crazy. And now in the best bets of the year, you do have a three-game lead on me. Uh, so Florio up by five straight up, up by three with our best bets. Who gives a crap about all the against the spread for the year kind of crap? And, sure, because um, you're getting your ass kicked. You don't care about it because you're down 12 games. Because you're down 12 games through 11 weeks. I would that never is bet any of those games, or I don't care. Like I told you, some of those games. First off, your best bets, man. You had a shamrock, a horseshoe, and a whole bunch of other things up your ass last week. Okay, whole bunch of other things. But that's another matter. Let's get into well, this. Well, I think it, I think it's safe to say that you have none of those things up your ass because you were 0-3. I think we need to come up with a different name for best bets if that's the best you can do. Yeah, I know. Well, I'd really like to just narrow it down to one one game a week, but that's not doable, and here we go. You ready? You still would have been 0-1. Okay, you're you ready? You still would have been 0-1. That's fine. That's fine. It doesn't mean I would have the record I would you have for the year. You put all your eggs in one basket, and they all would have been busted anyway. Are you ready? Are you ready? Here we go. I, you Are know you what ready? I, you know what Are I don't you like ready? about you is when it's when I win weeks of bets, you don't ever bring it up on PFT. But when you win weeks, you lead off every fucking show with it, okay? So kiss it uh, where the sun don't shine, all right? Here we go. Colts, Texans. We got a good Thursday night game. Man, Thursday night games, I think we both agree, have been really fun and exciting, and we've had a good schedule this year. Um, Colts at Texans. Texans favored by three and a half, over under at 45 and a half. Um, we talked a lot, a lot this on the show. I know where you're leaning here, but go ahead. Give your little explanation to why you like the Colts to win this one. 
I initially thought Texans, and as I talked about the game during the radio hour while you're still in bed from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Eastern, and I started thinking about it and looking at it and considering where the Colts are, how they've got to where they are, the two games they lost without Jacoby Brissett. He only missed one full game, but he missed most of the game against Pittsburgh. Both games they lost that I think they would have won if he had played, and they would be 8-2 and two right now. And I think if they were 8-2 and two right now, They'd be favored, and I'd still like them to win, and I do like them to win right now, even though they're 6-4 and four like the Texans. And I think the Texans are reeling from what happened to them in Baltimore, 41-7 to seven loss. Not enough time to fully digest it. You may have some guys in the locker room who at some level acknowledge this really isn't our year. If we can't hang with the Ravens in the middle of the regular season, how are we going to hang with the Ravens or the Patriots in the postseason? And I think this is just a situation where the table is set for the Colts to steal it, they've done well against the Texans recently. Jacoby Brissett is very underrated. You had him in the top 10 when you reconfigured your quarterback rankings a couple of weeks ago before he suffered that knee injury. I like the Colts in this one, 27-24. to 24. So they're getting three and a half. Easy to pick the Colts to cover. Easy to pick the Colts to win. And they may be one of my best bets of the week, although I resist doing it on Thursday night because I like to be able to market and push and sell our best bets into the weekend. But I really do like the Colts tonight after last night thinking I like the Texans. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I'm going with the Colts as well. I am. I just look at it. And uh, now we do think, you know, Pete Dim a little light, a light, a light in the back. Tell me, tell me some injuries, okay, for both sides. Because I do think, like, Will Fuller is an interesting one. I know T.Y. Hilton, we're expecting him to play, right? They are game-changing type players where I would just like to know. Does think that we have no Marlon Mack in the game for the Indianapolis Colts. Of course, with that offensive line and the way they uh, blocked last week, and I think they're coming along. Uh, you know, hey, the Williams, Jonathan Williams, he had a good game too. Um, but, you know, clearly Marlon Mack is more talented to me than him. But I think ultimately you said a lot of good things, and, and I think that's where I agree with you. I think first off, the Colts' defense – even though they don't reinvent the wheel every week, I would like to see – they're another defense. I just would like to see you be a little more creative on a week-to-week basis. But they are sound. They have some real difference makers on the front four. And, of course, you know, arguably maybe the best middle linebacker in football in Darius Leonard. He's in that conversation. But have a plethora of pass rushers and pass rushers on the edge that I do think can contain a guy like Deshaun Watson. And, then you know, I feel like I'm blue in the face with this. I don't like the Texans' defense. And I think these are the games that they're in trouble because they're going to have to worry. You know, the Texans' run defense is still good. It's good. It, they got they got some big people, but they this is a different animal when you're playing the blue wall that Jim Irsay built. Okay, and and they, you're going to have to put a little more eggs into that basket. I don't like the Colts. Uh, I mean, the Texans' secondary, and that's where like Ty Hel- Ty Hilton's health will be. Uh, a big issue for that Texans team. If, if he's healthy and even close to 100%, um, I think they're going to have their hands full. I'm with you. I, I You said 27-21 Colts? I said 27-24 Colts. Oh, tw- okay, and I'm going three-point victory too. I'm going Colts 23-20. to uh, Either way, we both got the Colts to win this game and, of course, cover the spread because they are underdogs. Colts have T.Y. Hilton questionable with a calf injury. He's missed three games in a row. He's suggested that he'll be good to go. Eric Ebron has an ankle injury. He's questionable. 
and out for the Colts, Marlon Mack, their running back. But Jonathan Williams did well yep. last week without him. Paris Campbell out with the hand injury. And for the Texans, Will Fuller is questionable with the hamstring. He was questionable last week, didn't travel to Baltimore. They downgraded him a day before the game. Home game, who knows? He may or may not be good to go, but that's the big injury to keep an eye on for the Texans because they could use Will Fuller. They could use any help they can get for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. All right, so we said enough there. Either way, we're both excited for that game. Uh, should be a good one tonight. All right, Bucks, Falcons, the resurging Falcons who like are a different team all of a sudden after their bye week. Buccaneers going to Atlanta. Falcons favored by four, and the over-under is at 51 and a half. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, look, the Falcons have beaten the Saints handily on the road. They've beaten the Panthers handily on the road. They've got three more games against NFC South rivals all at home. It's Bucks, then Saints on Thanksgiving night, then the Panthers 10 days later. And I like where the Falcons are right now. I don't know what they did during the bye week. Matt Ryan told me after the win against the Panthers that they really didn't do anything. There was no team meeting, no big speech. They appreciate the fact that a coaching change wasn't made and they were able to just focus on the things they need to do better. And they've been doing them well to win on the road against a pair of division rivals who are both playoff contenders. And I guess we can say, well, the Panthers still are, but not the playoff contenders. They were right. a couple of weeks ago, impressive wins by the Falcons. And I think this is the easy one. They've won the two hard ones. Beating the Buccaneers, who were 3-7. and seven. I know the Buccaneers have been in some close games, but they did not look good against the Saints last weekend. I think they're in the process of disintegrating. Dirk Cutter, the former Buccaneers head coach, gets yeah. a little shot at revenge right, against the team real. that fired him. How, how dare they fire a guy who deserved to be fired? But still, there's some hard feelings there, and there's some inside information about how to deal with Jameis Winston. Not that the Falcons don't already know from playing him twice a year, but Dirk Cutter can help refine and focus their game plan to confuse and confound Jameis Winston and get him to have one of those moments where he tries to do more than his physical abilities will allow him to do. I like the Falcons in this one, 30 to 20, and it may be even worse than that. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I mean, you you made a, a lot of strong points. I do think the dirt cutter factor is real. Uh, the Falcons, you know, the the defense is the big story to me. I just think they're they're doing a few different things on that side of the ball, let alone a little healthier and things like that as well that have made them better. Um, and then how can you really trust the Buc the Buccaneers? We know their run defense is good. Doesn't really matter, though, in this game. Atlanta is not, like, trying to run the ball. They just run the ball just to keep you off their back of the passing game. I have no faith in the Buccaneers' pass defense at all. It's so poorly coached. Uh, I don't even know what to say about it. There's people running wide open on a week-to-week -week basis. Uh, I question whether if the Buccaneers even watched the Saints game from the week before when the Falcons shut them down because they took nothing from that matchup and let all the things that the Falcons took away against the Saints, the Buccaneers just said, ah, well, it doesn't matter. And then, you know, Kamara and Michael Thomas worked them underneath to death. So I'm with you. I'm going to make it a little closer because I do think this Buccaneers offense is still dangerous. But I'm going Falcons 30-24 to with the win. They get their third in a row, and that's that. Anything else you want to say about that one? Now, I do, the more I think about this one, the more I believe it's going to be a blowout win for the Falcons. And they're going to continue this late season, whatever it is, because the chances of making it to the playoffs, especially in the NFC, very, very thin. Yeah. But they're benefiting from this one week after another division rival. And, and they've got momentum now. And I, the Buccaneers, I, I feel like, are right on the edge 
of imploding, and this could be the thing that pushes them over the edge. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you all the way. Okay, Broncos, Bills. Broncos get the tough loss to your Minnesota Vikings. We know this Broncos defense is very good. Uh, I just want to make sure. what I mean, they're, they're what? A top five defense in football. They're number four defense in football. The Bills are the number three defense in football. Um, in Buffalo, Bills are favored by four, over under at 38 and a half. So the experts are not expecting a high scoring game, which I wouldn't either. Um, what do you think happens? Yeah, and I think we have to consider what happened to the Broncos last week, up 20 to nothing, and it fell apart. How are they going to respond to that? Are they going to come out? Uh, deflated and resigned to the fact that the eighth loss of the year is coming? Or do they find a way to regroup and press the reset button? And I don't know that it really matters on the road against a Bills team that knows that it needs to rack up every win that it can as the stretch run arrives because the schedule gets a lot more difficult for Buffalo. They can't afford to blow one here when they have the short week trip to Dallas for a Thanksgiving game. I like the Bills in this one, and a very close one. You know, I look at that 38-and-a-half, and I – you know, I, I haven't done an over-under best bet yet, but I don't see it anywhere close to 38 total points. I got 13 to 10 Buffalo. I just do not see plenty of points, although you went with the under last week with the Vikings-Broncos, and it blew up in your face. Yeah, did you well, go with the under in that one? Yeah, Is that I one did. Your best well, bets? I didn't think your Vikings defense was just going to shit down its leg and in the bet at the same time and just let, like, Cortland Sutton just moss them. Thank you for that image. Throw. Yeah, thank you. They shit down their leg I and in the bed. I don't think you can do it down your leg and in the bed at the same time well, unless you're standing up on your bed. Well, that's what I kind of envisioned it. Like, you're getting into bed and you shit down your leg, and then you get into bed and you shit in the bed as well. It's kind of a double whammy. That's what they basically did. <laughs> All right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> um, I, I think uh, agreed on a lot of points there. Uh, I, I, I think it's going to be low scoring too. Actually, as I'm sitting here talking about it too, I might have given a few too many points in this game, but I'm going to stick with what I did. Um, you know, I don't, the Broncos offense, it is a little bit better with Brandon Allen as compared to Joe Flacco. And I think a part of that is because of the bootlegs and uh, the things he does in that way. Corlin Sutton's coming on to be a superstar in the NFL. Noah Fant, the tight end, is coming on to be a superstar as well. I mean, they're mismatched nightmares. The thing that I don't think it matters in this game, the Bills aren't a team that matches up. So I don't know if, like, the jump ball and the one-on-one -on -one balls that were so successful for the Broncos last week against the Vikings will necessarily carry over to the Buffalo Bills. It's tough to play up in Buffalo this time of the year. Buffalo's defense is phenomenal. I think Josh Allen and company got it going. Now, you're right. This Broncos defense is real. Um, I do think that you know, the aggressive passing game with the Bills downfield, Josh Allen's ability to run the bootlegs a little bit, which we saw Kirk Cousins do to that Broncos defense uh, in the fourth quarter. You know, they'll be able to make just enough plays. I'm actually picking the Bills to win 23-13, to 13, but it was more because – I don't know. I, I envision their defense getting one short field for their offense to where they got one cheap touchdown that way. So, like, I really have it like a 16-13 game where I think the Bills will get one short field type of turnover. Uh, but I do like the Bills in this one no matter what. Uh, and, yes, they will go into that Thanksgiving Day matchup against the, the Dallas Cowboys, which will be very fun. Um, anything else you'd like to add in that before we go to our next one? 
It's just funny when you say 23 to 13, that seems high scoring and it's still under. Yeah. I, I know. really am thinking about picking the under, even though it's 38 and a half. How many times is the over under now north of 40? I'm really thinking about taking the under in that game. Yeah, I, I, I hear you there, Slugger. I hear you. It's, it's on my radar as well. I have it written down here with a bunch of question marks next to it. Okay. Um, the G-Men versus the Bears. Okay. Giants at Bears. Bears favored by six and a half, over under at 40 and a half. Of course, Trubisky, that whole thing. I think he's going to play. We don't know for sure. The Giants coming off a bye week. Um, we know the Giants defense stinks. Mike, how do you think this one plays out? Yeah, look, even though the Giants had two weeks to get ready, their season is in free fall, and I just don't have a lot of faith in their offense or their defense. And, and I don't have a whole lot of faith in the Bears, but look, when these are the two teams that are playing against each other, somebody's got to win the game. And I think the Bears at home, we're getting toward late November. I feel like the Bears find a way to win, get to five and six, which is inexplicable to think that they'd be that good when we look at them and view them as being so bad. 27 to 17 is the score I've picked. I don't think Saquon Barkley is healthy, fully healthy. I don't think he's going to be fully healthy all year long. Daniel Jones, there's enough tape out there now where Chuck Pagano and company can figure out how to shut him down. And the only reason the Bears' offense is reg or defense has regressed this year is because the offense yeah, is so bad. That's right. The defense is still very good. And if the offense can just keep it close, the defense can put the clamps on the Giants. So I like it 27 to 17, Bears over the Giants. Yep. Hey, Pete Dimalitis, if there's anything uh, injury wise in any of these games, please get in my ear and let me know. Uh, either, either way. Giants, Bears, I, I, you said a lot of the main points. Um, I think you're actually being a little generous with the points in general. Here's one that, you know, the over-under at 40 and a half. Again, I looked at it and I went, I don't know if you took defenses off the field uh, when the Bears offense is on and they could score 40 points by themselves. I don't know if they are really capable of doing that. The Giants defense, as you mentioned, it does stink. There's no doubt about that. I do think this is a game the Bears defense does create a turnover on Daniel Jones. If there's one flaw to Daniel Jones, and I know you wrote this in Pro Football Talk about a little bit of a turnover problem with Daniel Jones. You know, it's not necessarily that he does dumb things. He is too fearless in the pocket. That is the, my, my assessment of Daniel Jones. He will sit in there, and he doesn't care if he's gotten lambasted five times in a row. He sits in there every time and keeps his eyes down the field, and he's a better athlete. Uh, you know, he needs to get out of the pocket every now and then. Abandon ship sometimes. First read's not open. Second read's not open. You know, uh, 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 your offensive line's not good. Get the fuck out of the pocket. Make something happen. That would be my only thing about him. Uh, but I would rather have it this way than the other way. I'd rather have a guy that stands in the pocket and tries to make it instead of a guy who's jittery in the pocket and always runs and leaves it. So either way, though, I do think that the Bears get enough offense. I think their defense gives them one short field. I'm going Bears 24 to 14 in home in Chicago. Uh, they find a way to win this one. And I just think, yes, their defense will overwhelm the Giants. And um, I don't trust the Giants defense, as we know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And look, it's it's amazing to think the Bears are still alive in the NFC, but I don't think they're going to be alive for a whole lot longer. And oh my gosh, they're playing the Lions on Thanksgiving. Yeah, for the second Yeesh. year in a row. Why did they do that? Why did they pick the same matchup? They did Vikings-Lions two years in a row, yeah. and now they've done Bears-Lions two in a row, and I guess it'll be Packers-Lions two in a row after that. It doesn't make any sense to me, and especially now that they have the cross-flex yeah. for broadcasting. I mean, it used to be very rigid. There had to be an NFC team for 
one of the games in the afternoon and right. an AFC road team for the other one. But now they'll do whatever they want, and they, they're, they're not very creative with these matchups. Yeah, no, they're not. Um, and it, that really will not be good, if, especially if, like, Matthew Stafford's not playing. I just That takes away some of the luster of that game. Okay, Steelers, Bengals. Steelers after helmet bash gate. Okay, they're going on the road. They have a long week uh, where they got to prepare for the worst team in football. Steelers are favored by six and a half on the road, over under at 38 and a half. Uh, go ahead, Mike. I can see the Bengals beating the Steelers in this one. I could see it, but I don't think it'll happen. The Steelers are banged up. They're not going to have Marquise Pouncey, their starting center. At a minimum, he's going to be suspended one game. I don't think there's been a final decision yet in his appeal. They've got injuries at receiver. Juju Smith-Schuster has a knee problem, and he's in the concussion protocol. Mason Rudolph stinks. But the Bengals are as bad as, as any team we've seen since the 2017 Browns went 0-16. And, and, you know, the Bengals still have five more shots at getting their only win of the season if they lose this one. And I think the Steelers can roll in there, take over the stadium with their fans, and get to 6-5 and five and stay alive in the hunt for a wildcard berth. I think the AFC North title is a ship that has sailed but the window is open to try to sneak in as a wild card. And I think the Steelers understand the importance of getting this victory, forgetting about that loss to the Browns while they reload to face the Browns next week at home. So I like the Steelers 24 to 16. It's one of those Steelers will find a way under the guidance of Mike Tomlin to make it happen. No matter how ugly it may look in the process, Ryan Finley being thrown to the wolves with that Steelers defense. Oh. And I think that should be enough to make a difference. Poor Ryan Finley. I mean, two out of his first three starts are against the Ravens and the Steelers. Like, I mean, those would be worst nightmares for seasoned, like, quarterbacks like Brady and Rodgers, let alone you're a rookie. And those are the two. And then your other start is on the road West Coast against the Raiders in the black hole. Like, not that that defense is daunting, but it's not necessarily an easy place to play, and the Raiders are good. So poor Ryan Finley there. He has not looked good. Their offense not look, look, looks good. The Bengals suck. The Steelers' offense, I worry about them to where, yeah, the Bengals, I think, will hang around. I think everything that got lost a little bit, the shuffle with the, you know, helmet smashing by Miles Garrett is the fact that Mason Rudolph absolutely was horrible in that game. I mean, horrible. They're, I mean, horrible. Did I, did I get that out? Do you got me? It was like horrible. Horrible. Exactly. You said it. Um, to where I would have been thinking about throwing Hodges in there, Devlin Hodges this week. But, you know, Mason Rodolph, he was their draft pick, and they're going to let him fail 99 times over before they finally can say, oh, we'll move on. You know, I, I don't see it. It ain't going to happen. When you have to reinvent an offense to throw the ball four feet, not a good thing for the, the guy that might be your franchise. I think we need to uh, just move on, okay? But Hey, let me say this. Yeah. Let me say this. Yeah. Hugh Jackson was on FS1 yesterday talking about the Colin Kaepernick workout, and at one point he was asked where Kaepernick would be a fit, and he mentioned one team, and that one team was the Steelers. And when you look at Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges – it would make sense. I don't know how Steelers fans would react. Yeah. And I think that the Roonies don't want to find out how they would react. Right. But he would be an upgrade. Yeah. I mean, try to be objective, folks. He would be an upgrade over Mason Rudolph, especially the Mason Rudolph we saw last week coughing up four interceptions. So, yes. uh, you know, he, hey, you want to yes. make it to the playoffs? Maybe that's the move you make, although I don't think they're going to make that move. No, probably not. But he's certainly an upgrade. That's not even questionable. I mean, I, I don't even care. That's. No doubt about it. I'm sorry I'm burping up my coffee into the microphone, all right? But I'm picking the Steelers to win 24-13. to 13. Uh, 
I do think the Bengals kind of hang around because the Steelers' offense is, I just don't think, capable of pulling away. And if you're the Bengals, as long as you don't turn the ball over and do stupid stuff like that, you can be a, a, a thorn in the Steelers' side for a little bit. But either way, Steelers 24-13. All right, Dolphins. Let me, let me ask you a question. Yeah. I got an important, a yeah. very important question. Right. You just mentioned that you're burping coffee into the microphone. You're very transparent about those sorts of things, whether it's you or whether it's me. Hey, yeah. you okay there? You're burping? Okay, let me ask you this. Yes. If you would ever fart during the show right. and it would be audible, right. would you admit it or would you deny it? No, I would admit it all the way. I don't think you, I think you know me at this point that I really don't have much of a governor. Uh, so I would, uh, especially if I was like, it comes out loud and I don't get one, you know, out silently. And I go, Ooh, that made noise. I might have to, I would just wear it. That's all I can do. Right. Uh, I, I don't know why, you know, that's, such I don't know. I, I, and I asked that because we've had a couple of incidents yeah, lately right. and I can't, it was Mike Francesa and it was Eric Swalwell. And they're trying to say that, that, uh, that it was Chris Matthews mug going across the desk yeah. and go watch the video. And I've got my mug right now going across the desk. It does not sound like a fart. Yeah. It's a mug going across the desk. Right. And uh, yeah, if I would ever do it at a, and it would be heard, uh, I, I am not commenting on whether or not I've ever done it and it not be heard or whether or not I've done it and thought, I wonder if that was heard. But if it ever would be heard, I would own it. I would enjoy it. And I, it's look, we're humans. If you if you're human and you don't do that, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, that's all I have. to well, say. Well, yeah. Hey, I mean, you hotboxing yourself in your own little studio in West Virginia is a sight for everyone to see. And with this day and age, with all the shit that's on the Internet. I mean, oh my gosh, a fart. I mean, well, I could show you everybody a lot worse stuff on the internet right now than a fart. I mean, that's where I'm Please just like, don't. yeah, okay. I won't. All right. Dolphins, Browns, don't get me off task here. This is, I'm very, I'm on a mission this week to whoop your freaking ass. Okay. Here we go. Dolphins at Browns. Browns favored by 11 at home over under 44 and a half. Fit Ryan Fitzpatrick on the injury report, right? Didn't practice yesterday. Uh, he was limited, I believe. Limited in limited, practice. Limited, 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 limited. And um, Miles Garrett. Does it really matter? No, it doesn't. Well, it, it does as far as the kind of shellacking that's given. Like, I would give the Dolphins a little bit more of a chance to keep it close if Ryan Fitzpatrick's plays because we know he is the guy that has a shamrock up his ass every now and then where you just go, how the hell did that happen or how did he pull that off? But go ahead. I think he has shamrock in his beard. Yeah. I think he's got a lot of stuff in that beard. Yeah. He does have a right shoulder and a right forearm injury. Look, the Browns are surging. They've won two in a row. This is their third straight home game. They got the vertical stripes in the end zone, which apparently are far more effective than the horizontal stripes. They won't have Miles Garrett. They won't have Larry Ogunjobi. But they're good enough to beat the Dolphins. If they're serious about this is one of those, if you're serious about being a playoff contender, you win this game. If you can't win this game, you're not a playoff contender. So this is a good litmus test, or as one of us once said, litmus test on whether or not the Browns are a playoff contender. And it doesn't mean they definitely are going to make it to the playoffs, but if they trip over their own two feet against the Dolphins, then they should just forget about 2019. I like them to win this game by the score of 30 to 13. I may be a, a little generous with the uh, point margin there, but I like the Browns 30 to 13. Yeah. Um, you know, it does stink. Miles Garrett's not going to be there. Larry Ogunjobi's not going to be there. But, you know, ultimately, I I'm with you. The Browns are surging. And, you know, their defense can be – has moments of dominance. It does. And even and even out with Miles Garrett, I mean, that that's a tough – what would you say, Pete? Speak up. 
Olivier Vernon might be coming back. Okay. Uh, he's whispering. He whispers in my ear like he's like, you know, he's, he's tell you know, speak up, Demolitolitis. No, he's speaking in a normal he's speaking in a normal voice. You are just very loud. Okay, I'll to bring it down a little bit. All right. All right. All right. So, so either way, uh I don't have no faith really in the Dolphins offense as far as consistency is concerned. I don't. I think if it's if it's not Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's even more trouble with Josh Rosen. The defensive side of the ball, the Dolphins really have nothing great. They can't stop the run. The Browns can run the ball. I'm with you. I think they're surging. Baker Mayfield's taking care of the ball. You know, I, I like all those aspects, and I have a very similar score to you. I'm going Browns 31-16 to 16, uh, at home, and, yeah, I would be shocked if they don't really kind of control this game from outright. Uh, I would say the score is probably even worse if Miles Garrett and Larry Ogunjobi are on there, of course, but they're not. That would be the only thing that concerns me a little bit is just they're a little thin in the D-line. Uh, that would be my biggest concern in this matchup, but I just don't know how the Dolphins' defense can match up with all the things the Browns have to offer on the offensive side of the ball. That, to me, is the big thing. The Browns' offense has played good against all the good defenses in football, too. They just find ways to mess it up, and lately they have not been messing it up, which is encouraging, and that's why I go that. Um, you want to do anything else, or are you ready to go to Panther Saints? No, I'm surprised we talked about that game as much as we did. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, well, the, you know, the crazy thing is the Browns aren't out of it either. They're four and six. No, no, you know, no. I, I, I think, hey, I, yeah. this, like I said, this is a litmus test for the Browns. If they want to be a serious contender, they win this one, and they're still very much alive. Yep. Uh, Panthers, Saints. Panthers are in a, in a funk right now. They stunk last week. Saints won against the Buccaneers, but I think the score was a little bit misleading. When I watched back that film, I wasn't – as impressed as I thought I would be with the score being 34 to 17. Um, but either way, the Saints are at home, favored by nine and a half, over under at 47. Go ahead, Mike, get after it. Yeah, it feels like the Panthers are falling apart just like they were falling apart last year when they started six and two and finished seven and nine. They've lost two in a row after they were five and three to start the season. Kyle Allen being exposed with the four interceptions last week, one of four quarterbacks to throw four interceptions last week. And the Saints in the process of getting back on the right side of things after losing to the Falcons. And in the division, you never know what's going to happen, but I think the Saints good enough to win this game. I've got it 31 to 20. Maybe it'll be a little closer than that. I don't know that I feel strongly about this one, but I think the Saints, with that rematch against the Falcons looming on a short week, they're going to want to take care of business with the Panthers and continue to move forward. They've got division title in their sights. They've got a bye in their sights, ultimately a shot at the number one seed. And uh, I feel pretty good about where the Saints are right now, notwithstanding that loss from a couple of weeks ago to the Falcons. Yeah, um, with you there all the way. I, of course, like the Saints defense a lot. You know that the way they play. You know, of course, Carolina's offense is scary lately. The way Kyle Allen has uh, played at quarterback, he's been careless with the football in some big moments. And, yes, this defense, he's going to play in, in New Orleans on Sunday, is certainly better than the Falcons and the Green Bay Packers defense he played. Uh, so I look at that. You know, the other side of the ball with the Saints versus the Panthers defense, I will say this much. The, the Saints – the Saints' lack of downfield passing or lack of scariness pushing the ball down the field in general does scare me a little bit. Carolina does have the type of defense that they can take away the short passing game. 
because of Luke Keekley and Shaq Thompson and the scheme they play in general, they can be tough on Michael Thomas short over the middle, Alvin Kamara short over the middle. So that's where it scares me a little bit. But either way, yeah, I'm going with the Saints here all the way. Uh, and I, I, you have an 11-point win. I got a 10-point win. I'm going Saints 27-17. to 17. I, I think the big thing is the Saints getting back to running the football. You can run on the Carolina Panthers. The Saints O-line, of course, is very good, even without Andrews Pete. And he'll be back in a few weeks, I believe, uh, which will get them right for the playoffs. But uh, I just think the Saints are too good of an overall football team, and I don't trust Carolina. I don't really trust their defense totally, and I, I definitely don't trust Kyle Allen right now. Raiders-Jets, you ready? I'm ready. All right, Raiders-Jets. I think this is kind of a sneaky good game. I mean, we know the Raiders are right there on the cusp of the playoffs. They're favored by three, playing that dreaded 1 o'clock game East, Eastern time in New York. Uh, the Jets kind of got a little roll going right now. I'll throw this out to you here. We're expecting a lot of rain here Sunday in the New York tri-state area. So this game could be played in, in, you know, a pretty good downfall. I think we're looking at like high 30s, low 40s. It says 90% chance of rain. I was just looking at the weather earlier, uh, and I hap happened to catch my eyes. But Raiders favored by three, over under at 46 and a half. Um, go ahead, Mike. What do you think goes down here? 99% chance of precipitation on Sunday in New York. 53 is the high, 39 is the low. I like the Jets in this one. We saw what they did to the Cowboys at MetLife Stadium earlier this year. Now they've won two in a row. And the Raiders may be due for a little bit of a correction. We're assuming it's going to be 7-4 and four Raiders at the 7-4 and four Chiefs next week. This one's not going to be as easy as some think it will be and look the, the Raiders screwed around with the Bengals last week 17 to 10 I guess I'm a little upset because the Raiders are one of my best bets to cover the 11 point spread and they didn't so I'm going to take it out on them this week and I'm going to pick the Jets for spite yes sometimes it comes down to spite the Raiders screwed me last week I would have been three and oh and I do feel like it's time for a bit of a correction and I like what the Jets are doing defensively. Yep. I like how they're using Jamal Adams. We've talked about that. He's at the line of scrimmage. He's creating havoc. Yep. He had six sacks in three games, one, then two, then three. He's due for four this week. And this is the kind of thing that could get inside Derek Carr's head and really contribute to not a full-blown meltdown, but the kind of game that makes it hard for the Raiders to win. I like the Jets 20-17. to 17. I'm taking it. That's my upset special of the week. Raiders three points favorites. I think they're going to lose by three, 20-17. Wow. 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 So you bring up some interesting things. This is the first thing I'm going to say. Greg Williams, the last few times he's had to face John Gruden, it has not been good. Uh, I got to think Greg Williams is going to evaluate that. Like last year with the Cleveland Browns, the Raiders went up and down the field on Greg Williams' Cleveland Brown defense. You know, I played for John Gruden. We played Greg Williams that 2005 year where we went to the playoffs. We played him twice that year. We had a lot of what they did blitz-wise and the creative blitzes that, that Greg Williams brings. We had a good plan of attack, and Gruden is obsessed with stopping that type of stuff. Well, I think the next chess move is Greg Williams is a pretty smart guy. He's going to realize, like, especially after last year's game, ooh, he's got a beat on some of the things I'm going to do. I need to change it up a little. The Raiders, we know they're a run-first football team. Well, guess what? The Jets are one of the best run defenses in the game. They are. The Jets can, and a little bit is because of what you said. Jamal Adams is down there at the line of scrimmage. They do have a good amount of big people. And I'm just going to pull this up just to make sure I'm talking totally correctly here. Oh, 
I'm very correct. The Jets have the number one run defense in football. I knew it was really good. I didn't know it was number one. So that, to me, is advantage Jets. You know, again, the Raiders' defense is not special by any stretch of the imagination. They're, like, okay at stopping the run. They're below okay, under below average as far as stopping the pass. Uh, and Sam Darnold and Gase, I think, got a little mojo going on the offensive side of the ball. I, too, am making this an upset. So I'm a little disappointed you fucking picked this, you jerk, but I'm with you. I'm going Jets 20-17. to 17. I actually think the – you know, who do you think the rain helps or hurts? I don't, I don't really know here. You know, I think the Jets want to rely on throwing the ball a little bit more than the Raiders, so that scares me a little bit. But I do think ultimately – the Raiders coming from California, 1 o'clock Eastern time start, cold, rainy, wet day. It just all seems to line up to a blah performance by the Raiders, and that's why I go Jets. I'm with you there. Yeah, see, you can't kick my ass if we have all the same picks. And on this one, we have the exact same score of 20 to 17. I know. Well, you're my work wife, and that's just what happens when you're, you know, when you're a married couple on TV and you're the wife and I'm the husband. I mean, that's what happens every now and then. You know, I just, it's, just, it's a damn shame. Good job, work wife. All right, here we go. Seahawks. Sometimes the best move by me is just is to, to shut just up. Keep my mouth. Shut. Yeah, I know. Well, at this day and age, that's a yeah, that could be a scary comment. I hear you. So you might as well just shut up. You're right. I like that. I like that. I might have to say more things like that just to shut you up for now on. Here we go. Game of the day at 1 o'clock. I don't think there's any denying that. I'm pumped for this one. Seahawks off the bye week, off the 49ers win. They are going to Philadelphia again with that 1 o'clock Eastern time zone start. Eagles favored by 1.5 at home. Over under at 47.5. Mike, what do you think happens in this one? Backs against the wall Eagles are my favorite Eagles because they find a way to get the victory. And their backs weren't quite against the wall against the Patriots, but their backs are against the wall this week against the Seahawks. Seahawks had extra time to get ready. This game went from evening to 1 o'clock Eastern. It does screw things up a little bit for Seattle. We have great games in each of the three major windows on Sunday, each of the only three windows. The 1 o'clock is now Seattle-Philly, 425 Dallas-New England. We got the primetime game, 49ers-Packers. And I like the Eagles in this one. And this is just one of those gut-feel games. I think the Seahawks are the better team. And I think this is one of those, if you play it 9 out of 10 times, the Seahawks win. But... The one time out of 10, the Eagles win is the, the time that's going to happen on Sunday. 27-24, just enough by the Eagles offense, just enough by the defense. That score may be a little high. I'm still going to stick with 27-24. Eagles 27, Seahawks 24. Eagles get to 6-5. and five, And by the end of the day, it very well could be the Eagles tied with the Cowboys atop the NFC East. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. I got the Eagles winning, We too. agree on another one? Yes. Uh... You're not going to catch me, Sims. Damn, I'm really – I thought these were two games that you would go with the other team, but, I, I you know, I, I'm with you. Backs against the wall, gut feeling, bye week by the Seahawks, Jadeveon Clowney on the injury report. I don't think Seattle's defensive line can overwhelm the Philadelphia Eagle O-line. It's a very good offensive line, and they're big and powerful – 
You know, and the Seahawks are not a team that's going to like just like like what Bill Belichick did and stuff last week to the Eagles, have all this crazy game plan stuff. So, you know, I, I don't think the world of this Eagles offense right now, you know, I do, you know, but they will run the ball. They've gotten better at that as of late, certainly. And again, I just don't totally trust the Seahawks secondary. I know I say that a lot when we talk about them, but I, I just don't. And, you know, I think this is – uh, the type of matchup where Carson Wentz will have just enough time to make plays against those big, long corners of the Seattle Seahawks who are not very good of getting in and getting out of breaks. They're not great that way because they're so tall and long. And, you know, the other side of the ball, the Eagles defense is back. I mean, they're, they're back the last few weeks. I mean, ever since really that Eagles game, I mean, not the Eagles game, the Cowboys game on Sunday night, they've gotten healthy and they've played phenomenal. I mean, they played really good football. And, you know, I know you've heard me say it over the week. Fletcher Cox is back to being a game wrecker. You know, they got guys on the edge who are not superstars, but they're all good against the run. And, you know, they're good pass rushers. And I think that they can contain Russell Wilson a little bit. But the big thing is Schwartz does game plan specific stuff that I like on a week-to-week basis. And now that he's got Rodney, you know, Rodney McClown and Malcolm Jenkins at safety, and then he's got his three corners and Jalen Mills, Darby, and Avante Maddox back. They can do a lot of different stuff there. And I'm, I'm with you. I mean, this one it was a tough one for me. It's hard for me ever to pick against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. But I came away in a similar game when they played the Browns early this year. The Browns outplayed the Seahawks in Cleveland. And the Browns just screwed it up. I don't think the Eagles will screw it up. And that's why I'm going Eagles 24 to 20. Uh, so we're both uh, right there once again. I, I just can't believe it. I thought these were two games we were going to have some disagreements on, but we're not. Have we disagreed on anything yet? I don't think so. No. Damn it. Unbelievable. Jeez. Okay. Here we go. Last one of the one o'clock. Uh, Lions, Redskins. Let's not be too long on this one. Who gives a damn? Let's go. All right. Uh, the... Lions in Washington. I like the Lions to win. Jeff Driscoll gets his his first victory of the season. I think he finagled one win last year when he was playing down the stretch with the Bengals. Washington just stinks. They're horrible. Their stadium's going to be overrun by Lions fans, even though the Lions aren't worth watching this year. The Jets fans overran it last year. Washington is an embarrassment, and they're going to lose another one. Here come the Lions to get a win. The Lions, a better team than the record indicates, even without Matthew Stafford. I like the Lions to win this one, 20 to 13. Yeah, uh, uh, with you, Jeff Driscoll threw the ball a little bit better last week than he did the week previous to that in Chicago. He can run the football. I'm with you. The Redskins just aren't good. I have no faith in the Redskins offense at all. You know, Dwayne Haskins, we know it's been raw. I've seen a few throws here and there where I went, ooh, ooh that looks good. But I, I can't say that I'm impressed with Dwayne Haskins at all at this point. And to me, that would have been the reason I would have stuck with Jay Gruden throughout the year. Because I think if you were going to pull the trigger to go with Dwayne Haskins, Jay Gruden would be doing more for Dwayne Haskins right now than what's being done for him in general. Uh, but I don't know. There was this notion out there that Jay Gruden was – trying to make that fail altogether. Yeah, sure. He wanted to make this first-round pick fail so he could fail and get fired. Like, fuck me. Blow me with that bullshit. Um, here we go. Lions 23-16. to 16. You like that analysis? And that's that. You, you, you have a right Cobb on today. I have a right Cobb on today. Yes, I do. Okay. 
Now, the marquee game – or no, I'm a game in, in front here. Jaguars-Titans, okay? Not uh, the marquee game of the day. Not the marquee Jaguars game of the Titans. game, but a game that still has meaning. We know that because, like you've said, the AFC is so up for grabs. It's looking like a year where 8-8 eight and eight could get into the playoffs in AFC. Jaguars at Titans, Nick Foles' second game. Uh, Titans favored by three and a half after their bye week and their last win against the Kansas City Chiefs over under at 41 and a half. What do you think goes down here, Michael Florio? I've noticed over the years that I have a bad habit of picking teams to win or lose based upon my preseason predictions for how teams will finish. I gave into that last week, picking the Jaguars to beat the Colts. I should have picked the Colts to beat the Jaguars, but I want my pick of the Jaguars to win the division to be validated. I need to just start hedging. I need to just start hedging. I like the Titans to win this one, although I think it'll be close. 23-21, a Titans kind of game, maybe a field goal made at the end of the game by the Titans or a field goal missed at the end of the game by the Jaguars, or maybe it'll be 21-21 and there'll be a two-point conversion, you know, one of those screwy things where the Jaguars are trying to kick the extra point to win it and the Titans block it and return it for a two-pointer. Who knows? But the Titans find a way to get to six and five, and they'll be tied for second place in the division. And there's still a team that we have to look at as a potential division champion. They beat the Chiefs. I mean, think about that. The Texans beat the Chiefs. The Colts beat the Chiefs. The Titans beat the Chiefs. And uh, the Chiefs should be very happy they're not in the AFC South. Seriously. But uh, I, I, like, I like the Titans to win the game, which is going to potentially seal the fate of Doug Marone and Tom Coughlin in Jacksonville. And, uh, you know, this Jaguars team all of a sudden not looking like a team that is going to be alive down the stretch. And I think Sunday's game pushes them closer to the official elimination of their playoff hopes. Yeah, uh, agreed with you there. I'm going the Titans as well. Uh, The big reasons, you know, I do think the Titans run game is coming. I I think it's coming along. You know, even in their loss two games ago to the Carolina Panthers, I don't think they ran the ball enough. But when they did... There was some plays there to be had. Uh, I still think, you know, the Jaguars run defense, as we saw last week, it's one of the worst run defenses in football. So I would just would be shocked, okay, if the Tennessee Titans don't really try to pound the rock with Derrick Henry and do that. Also, am I right? Are they getting Corey Davis back this week in the past game too to go along with it? Uh, I've liked what I've seen from Ryan Tannehill in the past game. You know, I do like that aspect of it. I worry about the Tennessee Titans' own pass defense. Nick Foles, his second game back, they should be a little bit better. You know, Doug Marone made the comment last week that, you know, they got a little too pass happy in that Colts game. I I do think that's very true. Uh, But Jarrell Casey, I believe he's back in the fold this week too as far as the defensive line of the Tennessee Titans. So I think this is a close game. Uh, but I'm going 20, t- Titans to win 23-20 to 20 at home. And, yes, for them to stay right in the thick of things uh, in the AFC playoff picture. Full participation in practice on Wednesday for Jarrell Casey, shoulder, and Corey Davis, hip. So yeah. they're both on track to be available come Sunday. Yep, and we both threaded the needle on that one. But uh, I know we both don't really look at the spreads before we pick the games anyways. So... Uh, that's that. Now to the marquee matchup of the day. The Cowboys, the Patriots. Of the afternoon. Of the afternoon. You're right. Yeah, I mean, what do you like better? The Seahawks-Eagles game or the Cowboys-Patriots? Which one's the better game to oh, you? Oh, Cowboys-Patriots. Okay. But, but the game of the day is 49ers-Packers. Yes, it is. You're, no, there's no doubt about that. So we got Cowboys-Patriots. Cowboys going into New England. 
Uh, Patriots favored by six and a half points over under 46. Lead us off, Mike. Yeah, look, I I, uh, I was buying your notion that the Cowboys have a chance to win the game and maybe they can figure out some way somehow to score more points than the Patriots are able to score. When we did the matchup draft, our Thursday matchup draft, and your first pick was Bill Belichick versus Kellen Moore, that's when it occurred to me that Kellen Moore is not ready to match wits with Bill Belichick, that Bill Belichick will know what to do to slow down that offense, take away Dak Prescott, beat up on Ezekiel Elliott. They have the defense to shut down the Cowboys' offense, and they have the offense to do just enough. And I think this is going to be one of those game plans where they they chew up the clock when they have the ball. They put more pressure on the Cowboys to force them to have a sense of urgency, get up by seven or 10 points if they can, and then just put the clamps on the Cowboys offense. I, I like the, the Patriots to win this one. I've picked a close final score, 20 to 17. I don't think I'm going anywhere close to this one when it comes to Patriots or Cowboys winning via best bets. But I do take the Patriots not to cover, but to win straight up 20 to 17. Yeah, um, I do expect this game to be very close. I think the Cowboys pose a lot of problems for the New England Patriots. Now, I'm not going crazy here. It's New England at home, and I've seen this story before. I do think this is the kind of game, though, that the Cowboys, like, are going to look, you know, they, they're used to going in into a week of game planning, and they look at every team on film and go, we're better than them. That, that's what they do. This is going to be one of the few weeks this year they're going to look at the game film and go, I don't know if we're better than them. And I think that will get them detail-oriented and realize that they got to, like, be all over their P's and Q's and dot their I's and cross their T's and all those things. Now, again, the Patriots' defense, they have not played an offense like this all year. Now, I know the Ravens' offense was very good and posed problems for them. Dallas poses a different set of problems. Not only can they run the ball, but their pass game is more explosive than the Baltimore Ravens. And that's where it gets interesting to me. Bill's going to have to make some decisions on certain down and distances of, ooh, do I want to let them overpower me in the run game? Or do I, you know, want to put my corners in some vulnerable positions against three pretty good receivers down the field in the pass game? That's where it's going to get very interesting. And you said it, the, the New England offense, hey, it's just, it's just not that good. There's no other way to say it. You know, there, there's nothing to sit there and go, oh, it's great, you know, they do this good or they do that great. The only thing they do good really right now is Tom and them don't make mistakes. They don't give the short field away. Other than Julian Edelman fumbling against the Ravens, I can't really even off the top of my head think of like a, a bad egregious mistake the Patriots have made all year. So because of that, I am going the Patriots to win. I would not be shocked if the Cowboys pulled this off. I really would not. I'm not going to, but I'm not going to pick it. I have a similar score. I'm going 21-17 Patriots, but this could be one of my bets of the week. I'm not going to lie. This is on my radar. It's very high on my radar. I got a bunch of stars next to it. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. But I think it, at the very least, it's a close game. I just can't see. So you're going to do this again. You're going to pick the Patriots to win the Cowboys to cover, and you're going to make the Cowboys one of your best bets of the week. Are you kidding me? Did you learn nothing last week? Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't. I mean, you only have a three-game lead. Didn't shut your mouth. I didn't learn anything. So, but yeah, I, I because yeah, but I trust it. One thing I will never do: I'll never pick the favorite to win, 
and the underdog to cover, and that underdog covering being one of my best bets I know. of the week. I can promise you I'm never going to do that. But, like, I know, and I get it. I totally get it. The only reason I think I would I would do it on this one is because I really think the Cowboys can win the game outright. I really then do. Then pick them to win. No. Have the I don't guts have to the pick guts. them to win. I don't have the guts to do it. I could see them winning. But you have the guts to pick them to cover and make it one of your best bets of no. the week. That makes absolutely I've no sense. I've seen New England lose games. Do you not realize well, I've how seen stupid England that sounds? Do games like this where they're losing 17 to 14 and Brady will drive them down and they'll score a touchdown to, to barely win it. I, I would not be shocked if that's what happens. Um, so that's that. Don't tell me what the – Bet I'll do what the fuck I want to. Okay, here we go. Packers 49ers. Packers on the road. This is awesome game. Sunday night football. Watch me and Mike on uh, football night in America. 49ers favored by three over under 47 and a half. We've talked about the familiarity with the coaching staff. 49ers got a lot of people banged up. Um, go ahead, Mike. Tell me what you got, kid. I, you know, and, and here is one where I, I haven't done this all year. I am going to state a caveat right now. I reserve the right to change my pick oh. on a moment's notice. Oh, my gosh. At the Hey, oh. hey, you consider all the time. I've never you're done gonna it. you're going to change your pick. Never done all it. All right, but you consider it. I'm reserving the right to do it because I want to know who's playing and who's not playing for the 49ers. I want to see the inactives. And I think that's fair. With all these guys who are injured, all these guys who are game-time decisions, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Emmanuel Sanders, Matt Breida, D. Ford, Robbie Gould, I want to know who's playing and who's not playing. Yeah. For now, I got the Packers 27-23. Depending upon who's healthy, I may change my mind as we're getting ready to make our picks. Hey, hey, But I'm, you don't I'm get the benefit for this distance. podcast. At Football Night in America, you no, change no, it, that's no. good. But you don't get the benefit for I'm this taking, podcast. No. Okay. I'm just saying, right. I'm not, no, I'm not trying to play that game okay. here. Okay, all right. I, I'm, I'm locking in for now based yeah. upon the information we have. Packers 27-23. They got right. two weeks to get ready. And they're back in California. And what happened the last time they were in California? They got beat by the Chargers. Yes. Aaron Rodgers got pissed off, called not anyone out specifically, but whoever was to blame – knows who they are, yep. and I think that he's guarding against the kind of ugliness that happened in L.A., happening in San Fran. He's coming back to his home area. I, the team that that didn't draft him first overall in 2005, and, you know, nobody holds a grudge like Aaron Rodgers. I just think this sets up for the Packers to win based upon the engineering information we currently have. By Sunday night, I may feel differently. I just don't want anyone – to call me out yeah, if I, gotcha. I pick I'm telling you now I may pick the 49ers when we know whatever we know at 8:15 Eastern on Sunday. Yeah. For now, Packers and I'll take the loss if the Packers end up losing the game, but I like the Packers by 4-27-24. Yeah, well the internet's very compassionate place, so don't worry, I'm sure they'll, they'll love when you do that. Um I I'm going to win-win situation. It's like Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers win. Yay, that's awesome. If it's Aaron Rodgers win, I get to go, oh, Aaron Rodgers. So, I, I mean, I, I feel win-win in this one no matter what. I think that – I think Toradol will help a lot of these players play. They're going to get an extra two shots in the butt before this one, and they'll get out there somehow. I have no inside knowledge of that. I'm just – I don't know. We'll see. I do think the 49ers are the better football team. I do think this is not a good matchup for the Packers. I don't. You know, you'd mentioned it. You know, they played against the Chargers. 
You know, the 49ers run that same defensive scheme the Chargers run, except their defense is even better. So that scares me a little bit. Now, the injuries, to your point, it is scary for the 49ers. Man, I mean, if they're missing Debo Samuels and Emmanuel Sanders and, and of course, no Kittle uh, and no D4, that, that's a game changer. But I think regardless, I just don't trust the Packers' defense. I just I can't see them stopping the run game of the 49ers. And uh, because of their lack of run defense, people just run wide open in the pass game too much. I mean, I thought the Carolina Panthers outplayed Green Bay uh, a few weeks ago up in Green Bay, and Kyle Allen just messed it up in a few points, and the Panthers just messed it up in a few points. So I'm going 49ers 27-20. to 20. I will not be changing my pick no matter what in Football Night in America. I promised myself I wouldn't do that shit with the 49ers anymore. I, I don't know if I'm going to, you know, maybe going to pick against them one again, one more time this year. I'm not sure about that. But either way, I am taking 49ers 27 to 20. Yeah, you've said you're not going to pick against Aaron Rodgers. You've said you're not going to pick against the 49ers. You really are stuck here. Our first, uh, and yep, I am stuck. And that's our first disagreement of the day. So that's uh, unbelievable that we're at the second to last game of the week here. And we're doing that. All right. You're upset, aren't you? You've got no chance to. All I have to do is properly guess what you're going to pick, and I can shut you down and you can't catch me. Yeah, good. That's fine. Yeah, just have fun doing that. Um, all right. I'm only five games back, and after that game, I'll only be four games back with a lot of weeks to play, so it's no problemo. All right, Ravens-Rams. Okay. Ravens going out to L.A. Rams offense sucks. We know that both defenses are really damn good. Ravens are en fuego. Uh, that means on fire in Spanish, in case you don't know, Mike. And uh, Ravens favored by three, over under 46 and a half. What goes down in the mind of Florio? I'm not ready to give up on the Ravens and their hot streak. They've won six in a row. They've been great ever since they went to Seattle. The Rams right now are not great. And it's not like the Rams have a tremendous home field advantage. Any Baltimore Ravens fans within a couple hundred miles of the L.A. Memorial Coliseum will be there on Monday night. You know, it's the 52-week anniversary of the Rams-Chiefs game. And this time around, think about how potent the Rams' offense was last year. If we had said one year ago that next year at this time, the Ravens' offense will be significantly more potent than the Rams. People would have laughed us off of the yeah off of the microphone, right? But right now, the Ravens' offense is significantly better than the Rams. I don't have the faith in the Rams' offense. I have the faith in the Ravens' offense. And I, I look as good as Aaron Donald is. He's not going to be able to get his hands on Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is fantastic. Lamar Jackson is spectacular. And the Ravens will soar as long as he stays healthy. And I like the Ravens. And I, it should be a good game. I'm rooting for a great game. I'm rooting for something memorable. I got 30 to 23. I'm just, And this is my rooting interest in watching a great game. I hope it's not a blowout. I hope it's a close game. But I like the Ravens to win by seven points, 30 to 23. Yeah, uh, I think it'll be a, gr a great game, too. Uh, I am expecting that. 30 to 23. I'm, I'm shocked you went that high uh, points wise. Um, you know, there's a few things that, that jump out to me. I mean, both defenses are off the charts good for my money. The Ravens are the number two defensive football. Hey, one of the things we didn't mention about the Cowboys Patriots game, it's the number one defense versus the number one offensive football. I'm sorry we didn't say that. We should have said that earlier. Either way, this game, it is all about the defenses to me. Uh, the Ravens, yes, they're 14th in football. 
they've been playing better than that as of late, certainly. I think some of those are early season statistics that are a little misleading. They've kind of been dominant. The Rams' defense is for real. They can do it all. And you've heard me say, you know, on the show today, I think Jalen Rams, Jalen Ramsey's ability to cover Hollywood Brown one-on-one and then let them do whatever they got to do with the 10 other guys to stop Lamar Jackson and the other creative things they do. Wade Phillips is the type of guy that can do that kind of stuff. So I think that's really intriguing. Now, the other side of the ball, you know, Robert Woods, right? He's still not back with family, family uh, or, or personal issues. I don't know if it's family or not, just personal issues. We Correct. Still, we still have no Brandon Cooks, right? Have we heard a word there? Anybody? Cooks is back. Cooks is back. Okay, that's big. Cooks is back. But, again, the Rams offense is just – it's not very good. And I don't know what other way to say it. And, um, you know, to what you're saying, you know, you never would have envisioned this, but it just tells you when you're a really good football team, the league studies you and what you do. And the Rams didn't stay one step ahead. They kind of went into the Super Bowl and went into the season like, oh, it didn't matter. We're just going to continue to do what we do. Yeah, well, what you do is shitty right now. That's all I can say about it. So I think this is a defensive struggle. And I'm going Ravens 20-16. to uh, I think it will be a fun game. I think these are two of the more physical teams in all of football, and I think that's where it's going to be a lot of fun. But I, I just think the Ravens are riding too high and a little too much of a well-rounded football team for this Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Look, they beat the Bears last week, but it's only the Bears, and it was a sluggish game. It was an ugly game, and I think the the Ravens right now, until someone proves otherwise – the Ravens are going to continue to win, and they are trying to stay within striking distance of the Patriots. If they can close that gap of one game between now and Week 17, they're going to have the number one seed, and the Patriots would have to come back and play them. However, I do think the Ravens are going to be susceptible to a divisional round upset just like the Steelers were a couple of years ago. That's what's going to be fascinating to me. Can they focus? When they know the Patriots are waiting, can they focus on – the Chiefs, the Colts, whoever it is that comes to town in the divisional round, if that's how it plays out, that's going to be one of the more fascinating divisional round games, assuming that, that it was, it's still early, but I, I think that's where it's headed. It'll be the Ravens and Patriots playing at home divisional round weekend, and the Ravens are going to have to focus on taking care of business because it's going to be tempting to think about the Patriots. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I'm, I'm totally there with you. All right, now it's ready. It's ready to go. You ready to, to make our best bets here? I am ready. Do you know this is the first week all season you've picked against the Seahawks? Do you know that? It's the uh, only game. I did not know that. Yeah, it's the only week so far that you haven't picked the Seahawks to win the football game. So that's interesting. We agreed on every pick except for our Packers 49ers game. That's the only one we've disagreed on, which is unbelievable to me. Uh, but let's do it. Best bets. Where are you going to lead off here? All right, I am going to lead off with the game that is going to be played at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. I like the Falcons to cover the four-point spread. The spread is way too low. And it's funny, it wasn't all that long ago that I was jumping on whoever was playing the Falcons in Atlanta. It was the Rams one week, the Seahawks the next. They both took care of me and covered. I like the Falcons to cover the four-point spread against the Buccaneers. Buccaneers on the verge of falling apart. Falcons have won two in a row on the road against better teams than the Buccaneers. This one could get ugly, especially because Dirk Cutter, the offensive coordinator in Atlanta, has inside information about the Buccaneers roster and, more importantly, about Jameis Winston. 
and what's going on in here when he tries to do too much, how to bait him into those situations where he tries to do more than he physically is able of doing. I, I, I like this one a lot. This, if there was only one, this is my one. Falcons, minus four, cover the spread by at least six points, maybe more. All right. I, I, I'm not mad at you. I'm a little, sco- a little too scared to touch that one. Um, I am tempted to pick tonight. I really am. I, I don't know why I'm really not, actually. I, I, as I'm sitting here talking about it, I'm just going, why am I not picking the Colts for my be- best bets? I know I might. First off, I'm just going to go with this. I'm going to let that stew in my brain just a little bit more here. I'm going to go with the Browns. That's going to be my first bet. Uh, Browns having extra time to get ready for this game coming off a Thursday night game. I think the Browns' D offense really poses a lot of problems for that Dolphins' defense. I don't think they can match up with the receivers, the weaponry there. The Dolphins can't stop the run. That's not good against the Browns. The Browns are very good at running the football. I think the Browns do have a little bit of their mojo going. And even without Miles Garrett, I just don't care. The Dolphins' offense is not good. And I still think a lot of Steve Wilkes. I think he's still a very good defensive coordinator. And, you know, with Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward on the, on the outside, they've been very good when they're healthy and playing well. So uh, I am going to go. I'm picking them to win 31-16. to 16, And I almost feel like I was being nice there altogether. I could see the Browns, like, scoring 38, 40 points in this game and winning, like, 40-14, to 14, something like that. So I'm going the Browns as my first best bet. All right, my second best bet. We're going to go to the Monday night game. The Baltimore Ravens giving three points in L.A. against a Rams team that is not as good as it was last year, not even close. The Ravens surging. The Ravens have that team of destiny vibe to them. I don't think three points is enough of a spread. Look, even though it's because it's really not a typical road game. It's going to be like a neutral site game because there's going to be plenty of Ravens fans there, as there always is at L.A. Rams home games. We just don't talk about that because the ratio isn't nearly as dramatic as it is for Chargers games. Right. But I like the Ravens in this one. Lamar Jackson in prime time. Not that he, he doesn't get flustered. All, every game's the same to him. He's just going to show up, and he's going to play, and he's going to dazzle you, and he's going to kick your ass, and he's done it six weeks in a row. I still don't know how they lost to the Ravens, but they did. Uh, or the, the Browns, rather. The Ravens win again. They beat the Rams. They cover the spread of three points by at least seven. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I hear you. Um, I don't think it'll be that many points, but I'm going to make that my best bet, and I'm going the under. I'm going back with my over-under thing. I'm one-and-one with my over-under calls. I'm going back 46-and-a-half points. I just don't see that happening in this game. I do think the Rams have the creativity and the talent and everything else to slow down the Ravens' offense. So I think that they keep it low-scoring there. And, of course, I think the Ravens' defense will keep the Rams low-scoring as well. I had the game as being 20 to 16. That's 10 and a half points under the over under. I just got to go with that. I got to. Uh, I do think the Ravens win, but I, I only buy four, so I'm not going to pick them uh, as far as the, the spread's concerned, but uh, that is mine. So we have a game we agree on. We're both, you know, we both like the Ravens. You're doing them to cover. I'm going the under. All right. Pick number three. Where are you going to go, Mikey boy? Well, we were talking earlier about that Bills-Broncos game with the over-under of 38.5 points, and I haven't done it yet. I haven't played either way an over-under for the best bets. I typically don't like that, but I have a feeling this week, a strong feeling, 
but it's not in the Bills-Broncos game. I'm taking the under in the Cowboys-Patriots game because there's no way in hell they're scoring 46 points combined. Bill Belichick is not going to let that happen. His offense can't score half of 46, and he's not going to let his defense give up half of 46. I could see it in the 30s. 46, way too high. Take the under. Hammer the under. Cowboys-Patriots under 46 points. Not a bad I, – I did think about that. Damn. Man, we're really working too much. I'm going with the Cowboys to cover. That's what I'm doing. Because I think the Cowboys can win this game. And I know I picked the Patriots to win by four, but I'm only going off of a reputation and everything like that. I could really see the, the Patriots being down late in this game and kicking a game-winning field goal, doing something like that. Like I said, I do think the Cowboys can beat the Patriots straight up. You know, I think for the is, second week in a row, for the second week in a row, I know. I, this is some kind of weird hedge that you do. I guess Patriots it is to win Cowboys to cover yep. and best bet Cowboys to cover just too many, hey. too many points, six and a half points. I just can't see them winning by more than that. I just, I, I, I don't see that happening. I really don't. So I think that's crazy. And like I said, I am picking the Patriots to win by four, but I don't even feel that good about that. I really don't. I will not be shocked if it's late in the game and the Patriots are losing uh, and have to go down and make one big drive and, you know, Tommy Clutch Brady makes it happen for them to kick a field goal, score a touchdown, whatever it is. But there's our best bets. You got the Falcons. You got the Baltimore Ravens. And then you're going with the under and the Patriots Cowboys. I'm going with the points with the Cleveland Browns. I think they'll win by more than 11. I'm going with the under and the Ravens-Rams game. And then I am taking Dallas to cover the six and a half points that they are getting against the New England Patriots. Uh, that is that. Mike, good shit. Way to go. Good podcast. Hey, you happy? Everything good? I'm, I'm happy. Enjoy your Friday off. I know you'll be relaxing and uh, laying around and not doing anything, and then you'll be refreshed and ready to go come Sunday. Oh, don't give the middle finger. She's going to have to blur it in the back. I'm leaving it right there, Kristen, so you can blur it in one spot. At least I'm not moving it around, all right? Just put a big emoji there. Okay. See, they're telling it me it does make it easier. It is more if you do that yes. and move it around. Yes, See, like I'm you did. That, but you're an I asshole. I didn't. I'm I'll just be, doing this. I'll be at Notre Dame. That'll be a good one. And hope everybody enjoyed the PFT PM Chris Sims on button collaboration. Not to say our bets are going to be right, but listen hey. to our information. Hey. We give a lot of good information. Watch out for Kyle Rudolph. I have commissioned him to kick your ass okay. on my behalf. Okay, I will. I'll watch out for him. I got to watch out for him and the refs. As you know, I have a history with the refs. All right, Mike, yes. you the man. I'll see you Sunday. Peace out, dude. Later. <laughs>